Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to our Romans Bible study. We're in chapter 8 today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Glad you're with us watching this whenever you're watching this. We will, uh, of course, as I said, be in Romans chapter 8. And I just want to say how, how blessed we are to be in God's Word today. You know, the Bible says... Uh, that the grass, the, the humans are like the grass, and the grass is going to fade away, and the flower of the grass is going to fade away, and even the glory of man, which is related to the flower of the grass, even all that we build, all that we do, all that we love, we're going to eventually leave behind. Everything is going to be gone, but the word of the Lord, the Bible says, endures forever. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, that the word of the Lord that endures forever is the word through which the gospel was preached to you. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. That's good news. And uh, this is today part 21 on here uh, as we're on the November the 14th, 2019. I like throwing the date in there just so we'll know where we were uh, when this particular episode uh, was broadcast. But today, we have today and we have two more. Uh, no, I'm sorry. We have two more weeks after today. That's right. Two more weeks, two more Mondays, two more Thursday mornings live at 8.30 a.m. for this Romans teaching. And, I, and we will not be doing this uh, during the month of December, nor will we be doing our Friday morning live teaching. And uh, when the new year rolls around, I will be starting a new teaching on Friday mornings live at 9 a.m. Central Time, uh, pass, uh, cross time with Pastor Curtis in the studio. If you live anywhere around here, I encourage you to come. And uh, we welcome you. Bring your Bible, your coffee, your pencil and paper. We have class one hour long every Friday morning. And we'll begin a new teaching on First Timothy. I'm so excited about that. Looking forward with great anticipation of teaching First and Second Timothy. But after the first of the year, we'll no longer be doing live Monday and Thursday morning Romans uh, teaching. I will be doing them, and I will be publishing them to the website and to our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Of uh, those two places, everything is uploaded there. Uh, but I, I'm just not going to be doing it live after the first of the year. And I will, uh, before this month is over, I will share with you at what time uh, these teachings on Romans will be uploaded. If you're not subscribed to me on my YouTube channel, again, Curtis Hutchinson 316, I encourage you to go and subscribe to me. That way, uh, when we upload anything on YouTube, you'll get one of those ding, and it'll say, you know, Crossway Church or Curtis Hutchinson has uploaded a new uh, broadcast, a new teaching or whatever. So you'll get the alert and uh, it'll be there for you to watch. And so we just, just pray for us. The Lord is blessing us at Crossway Church with the, the absolute wonderful uh, opportunity to grow in the grace and the knowledge of of the Lord Jesus Christ, which exclusively comes through the preaching and the teaching of God's Word dipped in the blood of Jesus, always through the context of the cross. And I'm thankful today to know that, not to have to waste any more uh, messages or teachings or preachings or anything. Wasted, wasted, wasted years, wasted words. Uh, when 
when we could have been preaching God's word in its righteous context oh so many years uh, listen, uh, God is trying to stir and awaken his people to come out of the mentality, I just go to church uh, to get something for myself. Uh, praise God that he is a, a blessing God and a uh, just a loving, merciful, and gracious God. He's our advocate. We can go to him and we, we, can have, we can get cleaned up, turned around, and sent back on the right path at any time. He is faithful and just, hallelujah, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, if we'll admit when we have it in our lives, and, and go to him. And, but but he's tr God is trying to awaken us to the reality that we don't just go to church. We don't just listen to teaching and, and preaching so we can just get something. And, that, you know, that's what has held the church captive and devastated and paralyzed for centuries is that we just come in, what can I get today? And that's good as long as we add the second part. What can I get today that's going to benefit others? Yes, my liberty and my freedom from sin will benefit others greatly. But what can I be equipped with to take this message to my family, my coworkers, the classroom, the marketplace? What what can I what can I come to the house of God to get that I can take with me to the mission field? And the message of the cross is doing that. It's it's stirring God's people. It's awaking. Uh, it's it's waking God's people up to the reality of that I don't just go to church in the in a victim's mindset so that I can get another shot and 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 that'll hold me till next time I can get together with God's people. The 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 the, the absence of the message of the cross has literally put the church in that victimized attitude, and preachers preach along those lines like everybody there needs help, and we do. Everybody there needs uh, deliverance from something, and we do. Everybody there is being attacked, and we are. But listen, we need to preach the message of the cross. That will, that will begin, the Holy Spirit will then be able to lead us into all truth. He will begin to show us that we are not operating from a defeated platform, but a victorious platform in Christ. And that we don't just come to church, we don't just sit under the preachers and the teachers to get a fix until the next time I can hear them. We come and we listen to the truth of God's Word in its righteous context so the Holy Spirit can impart that which we need that we might be able to bear fruit. And fruit is for others. It's for others. And this is why this is why the message of the cross, uh, when we first hear it, there's great zeal, there's great excitement, there's great joy. But then when we realize that it's really for us to be equipped, us to live out in our lives in liberty, uh, experiencing on the inside what Jesus is changing so that I can express him on the outside. And it really becomes what the church has just talked about, that personal relationship, the message of the cross allows us to know what that really is, how that really works. And I hate to say this, but when most, and I said most, when most find out what that really is and how it works, they drop out. 
because we become so conceited and prideful and arrogant and it's all about me and all that I can get and I'm trying to move, find something that'll move God to get what I want from God. Listen, if you're saved, you got everything. Hallelujah. And now you need to take that everything. First, you need to be sitting under a preacher and a teacher learning what that everything is and, and you need to be learning how to run the race, how to fight the good fight of faith, and take what you have received of the Lord to your co-workers, your classmates. And if we're not doing that, then we're, we're still walking around in that victim mindset. If we're not taking what we've got and sharing it with others, then we're still walking around with a victim mindset because the victor mindset is declaring the victory. Hallelujah. I overcame. Hallelujah. I overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony concerning the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. God is on the move. God is on the move. I understand that most in the last days are going to uh, turn away from sound doctrine, turn away from truth. They're going to be seduced by doctrines of devils. They're going to uh, sit in places that won't preach the cross and they're going to think they're okay. They're seduced. But I also understand there's a remnant that God is going to raise up declaring the truth. And though there will be suffering and persecution, they will continue to march on with this liberating, sanctifying, and one day glorifying truth that we have found. Let us not lose our zeal for this truth that we have found that has been given to us by the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't, listen, the men, the, the, when we used to get together and we'd have preachers from Baton Rouge that would, would come and man, teach us this message of the cross, the house would be packed. But now the house is that, that these men come and bring the God, they're not being packed. People are falling away. It's like the American church as a whole, really the whole nation. Just, I've already got that. Let's move on. Listen, you you got to deny yourself of all that thinking. Take up your cross daily and follow Jesus or you're going to find yourself withering away from those who preach the cross, looking for those of, that have something else you're really after. You need to find those who are preaching and teaching God's word every time they open it, pointing you to the Lamb of God and what he did to become that, that, that Lamb of God to you. And listen, if that's not what we keep plowing ahead to hear, fighting the good fight of faith to hear, striving to hear, to hear from the Lord through that faith alone, then we're going to start venturing away and attaching ourselves to other ministers who know what to say, but they're not really teaching and preaching this. Some of you listening to me this morning know what I'm talking about, and you know people who've already done that. Man, they came into this message of the cross, they got excited, and God began to work in their lives, but then they began to move off to these other preachers. And they say cross, they say Jesus, and they have to throw it in because they know they can, they can clean, they can keep you if they say but I'm talking about the Word of God in its, in its illumination 
That means it's about Christ who is the illumination of God and what he did at Calvary at all times. At all, at all times. At all times. Hallelujah. Every word dipped in the blood of Jesus. Listen, there's not going to be very many that go with this narrow way. They, they got in, but the dangers of them getting out, of the, I'm talking about a salvation. It's all in the New Testament. It can happen, my friends. The, the numbers of those that get in and stay in are narrow if they're few, it's few. Many are going to be carried off. Carried off. And when we say carried off, seduced, uh, uh, become lukewarm, turn away from sound doctrine, it's, it's never that somebody puts a noose around our neck and carries us away. We're, we're always carried away by the lust of our own flesh. Never forget that. You'll never blame a false teacher. He presented that which we began to partake of and we followed that. We gave ourselves unto that. Always remember that. So, into the teaching today, Romans chapter 8, and we'll back up a second and scratch our feet and move on into where we're going today. But let's start out in verse 17. God, give us what we need today. Fill our hearts with your spirit and your word. Touch us, Lord, today in a special way. In Jesus' name. Verse 17, Romans chapter 8. And if we're children of God, then we're heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now, in the last session, which was part 20, we're in part 21 today, we talked about the main emphasis and, 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 and the main point of reference when it comes to suffering is what Christ did to suffer for us and him being bruised and wounded for our sins and iniquities. He suffered for us, becoming humble and obedient unto the death, the death of the cross, so that you and I, by faith in him, his sufferings, his death there at Calvary, in the eyes of God, we were crucified with him. We suffered with him. Hallelujah. He did it for us, but because he did it for us, and our faith is in that and that alone, God sees us as suffering, dying with him. Hallelujah. That's good news, my friend. 2,000 years ago when Jesus tasted death by the grace of God, Hebrews 2.9, for all of humanity, all men, every person who places their faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary, when God saw his son dying for you, he also, through your faith in him, saw you being put to death with him. Hallelujah. Oh, and if God spared not his only son, but delivered him up on that cross for all men, how shall he not with him, with him, are you with him today? Is your faith in what he did at Calvary? That's the only thing that allows you to be with him. Hallelujah. Are you with him? Because God says in his word, Romans 8, 32, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Hallelujah. But so let's look at this. The main point of reference when it comes to suffering is Christ suffering for us on the cross. But the next verse brings those sufferings into today. Amen. Watch this, verse 18. And uh, the apostle writes, for I reckon, that means I've come to the conclusion and I count this, 
This is the way it is that the sufferings of this present time, the sufferings I have to go through, the sufferings you have to go to, whatever sufferings they may be, if it's suffering for our faith or if it's suffering just because I live in a cursed world full of sin, iniquity, and wickedness, and, 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 I, and I get sick. Then I'm suffering in my body. I'm suffering in my mind. I'm suffering. However, I'm suffering. That Paul writes here. I re- I've concluded that the sufferings of this present time they're not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, you 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 and I we're going to suffer. Sometimes it's going to be for our faith. Because the, the great apostle told Timothy uh, that those that shall live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now let me take a second and say something about that. Just because somebody's being persecuted for their religion doesn't mean they're being persecuted for Christ. I mean, I see it all the time on the news so-called Christians are being persecuted for their Christianity, but what I see a lot of times is that it's uh, Catholics, it's Catholicism that's being persecuted. Listen, Mormons have been persecuted for their belief, but they're not Christians. They're not going to heaven. Jehovah's Witness, they're not Christians. They're not going to heaven, not unless they repent and accept Christ Jesus as being the Son of God who gave his life on Calvary exclusively, making his death the new and living way to God and only way. If any of those people I mentioned can repent and come to God through faith in Christ and his work at Calvary and be saved, but if they die believing what they're believing as Mormons, as Jehovah's Witness, as Christians, and thinking they can pray to Mary and, and pay people's way on into heaven once they're dead. Uh, these unbiblical and demonic things that, that men have brought into the church, they're not going to heaven. It's not a part of God's Word. It's not in the Bible, and the Bible is the only place we can find God's Word. Hallelujah. I'm glad I know that today. So a lot of times I see these people being persecuted in the name of Christianity, but they weren't really Christians. And Paul says this, they that shall live godly, not those who go around trying to be nice and mannerly and do good deeds in the name of the Lord, those that shall live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, will suffer persecution. If, if you and I are living godly lives in Christ Jesus, there's where the separation comes. Just trying to be a good old boy, just trying to do the right thing, doesn't mean we're living godly in Christ Jesus. You and I, as children of God, are called to live according to the light of God's Word, to be led by the Spirit of God. And not to just do what I feel is right, but to do what God's Word says is right. And, and the Holy Spirit has to do that in me first, and then He can work that through me only if my faith is in the work of Christ at Calvary. For all works, God looks to see where He is allowed to work. Not just the work, good deeds of men, but God only honors what God does. 
Every treasure, every reward that you and I will ever receive of the Lord is only based on what he was allowed to do in and through us. Not what we just decide to go do and stamp it as God. We can deny God in our very works. Titus 1.16. We can profess we know God, but in our works, our works, we can deny God. It's the working of the Holy Spirit that only works in our lives through our faith in the cross. And you won't hear me showing up tomorrow uh, saying something different. He, the Holy Spirit only works within the perimeters of the truth, which is Jesus and Him crucified. Tomorrow, it'll be the same words coming out of my mouth. I don't care who disagrees. I don't care who says, well, you know, God, I, I don't care. The Bible is very clear in Psalm 33 and 4. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth, within the perimeters of truth. <clears throat> Amen. There's something powerful in that scripture. The word of the Lord is right, but you and I have to have the truth of the word of the Lord, believing the truth of the word of the Lord before the Lord can work in our lives because what he's working is the truth. What he's working in is the truth he's presenting to you by the spirit of truth, offering to you to believe. And if you do, he'll work in that. Amen? So watch this now. He says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. There is a coming glory, my friend, the, the, the glory we have right now, we need to remember that in Hebrews chapter 1, I believe it's verse 3, uh, the Bible says that Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. And he is the express image of God's person. And, and he is, I'm going to read this to you, Colossians 1 and 27. Uh, this is about Jesus. Watch what the Bible says about Jesus. To whom God would make known what is the riches of of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Thank God he brought us Gentiles in. Which is Christ in you. Christ in you. Ha ha ha. Christ dwells in you. Which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. This is the hope of glory that we have. That when, that when Christ comes for us, this hope of glory that we have is not like a worldly hope. Well, I hope I make it. No, I'm as good as already there. Hallelujah. I'm in Christ at the right hand of the Father right now. That's how well his representation of me is. If God saw me one day coming into this world as a sinner way back from the time Adam sinned, and he did because Adam, the first Adam, was the representation of all men. All, all humanity. And when Adam sinned, we all were born sinners. But God sent a second Adam. God sent the last Adam that represented <coughs> the payment for all sin at Calvary. And when I believed upon Christ at Calvary, Romans 6, 3, the Spirit of God immersed me into, baptized me into the body of Christ by placing me into the death of Christ. So at the cross, I was placed in Christ. Now in the plan of God, before the foundation of the world, I was in Christ. Because the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Now we're talking about in the plan of God, before the manifestation of the plan of God. 
and that we were in Christ. Now, what is it? Ephesians 1, 3 says before the world was that he, he found us in Christ. Let's look over there at that. We got time this morning. Ephesians 1 and 3, I believe is where it is. Yes, it is. Uh, nope, that's not it. So let's go, uh, yeah, yeah, it's verse 4. Ephesians 1 and 4. According as he has chosen us in him, in Christ, he where did he choose you? In Christ. What does that mean? He chose you when he saw your faith in Christ. He didn't choose you to go to heaven, you'd go to hell, I'm wiping all you got. So I'm sending, I'm God and I'm sending all you to hell, but I'm I'm just I'm stamping you all as going to heaven. No, no, no. It takes choice. It takes faith. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. Hallelujah. Hebrews 2, 9. So don't listen to that garbage about God stamp some to go to hell and some to go to heaven. Why would God create people to go to hell when he says it's not his will that any should perish? Come on, let's be real this morning. The Bible's right here for us to have understanding. So he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Did you get that? So he, he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. At the same time in his plan, he had slain the Lamb of God, his own son, that he commanded his son Jesus to go and lay his life down. He did that for us. Now I want you to see this this morning, that Jesus came and, he, and I was saying that he represented us so well as the last. He represented all of humanity. All of humanity in his dying. Because all were dead. He represented, by dying, all of humanity, he represented us. He took our sin, all the sins of all humanity upon him. That's why if our faith is in him, we're in him. That means we're in the body of Christ. And right now, because we were placed in him at Calvary, that means when he went to paradise to get his people out, we went with him. When he ascended on high, we went with him. Right now, as our eternal high priest, he is seated. The priest under the old covenant never took a seat. They were always busy working because they were just type and shadow of the one that would come, do the work, finish the work, and then be seated. Hallelujah. At the right hand of the Father. And you and I, as children, we are seated there with him by God the Father. Now that's good news. And that one day, we're going to be there in the reality of experience. Amen. That We are there now by faith. We are there in reality. But the experience, just like the Lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last days for us, Hallelujah. Jesus has also gone to be at the right hand of the Father. And in the days ahead, it's going to be manifest to us, for us, that we ever since, but from before the foundation of the world, we've been in him, chosen in him at the right hand of the Father. This will make you shout, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, so back to the word this morning. Y'all get me a little excited. Glory to God. He says, uh, for I reckon then that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The glory that's going to be revealed in us 
is the Christ who dwells in us now, who is our hope of glory. That hope is going to be revealed. And when that hope is revealed, it's going to be such a wonderful, wonderful hope, a wonderful, wonderful glory, that it's going to cause us to forget every wicked, every everything we suffered, we're going to forget Everything we suffered, we're going to forget. And the only suffering that you and I are going to remember throughout all eternity is the suffering of Jesus Christ that he carried out because he loved us. That, my friends, is worth thinking about all day, every day, knowing that whatever I'm going through, whether it be sickness, physical infirmity, mental whatever, no matter what it is, I've got the one who is my hope of glory living in me. And if I'm going to suffer with him, if, if I'm going to keep my faith in what he did to suffer for me and to die for me, hallelujah, then I know that I'm going to suffer in this life. And I know that if I'll choose to live godly in Christ Jesus through an exclusive faith in his work for me at Calvary, I'm going to suffer for that. Because most of the church today will push you out if you think you've got to always talk about that sacrificial work of Christ. There's more than that, they say. We need to know more than that, we say. But I'll tell you today, there be a rare breed of ministers God is raising up today, just like Elijah who is rebuilding the altar, who will not be moved away, not even by friends, other preacher friends, no matter who they are that refuse to preach the narrowness of this way. It doesn't matter. We're going to cling to that old nail-scarred hand because it's the only thing that we can see that will overcome all the present sufferings of this world. Only as we look forward through faith in what Christ did in His suffering for us Will the Holy Spirit assure us and give us that right now present hope that whatever we're going through, it can't be compared to what's coming. Hallelujah. Bury me with a fork in my hand because the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whoa, hallelujah. He says this. Now, we'll have to dig into verse 19 this morning. I know we've been right here in verse 17 and 18 for a while, two or three sessions, and that's okay. We need to be. Verse 19 says, Because the earnest expectation of the creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Listen, when we fell into sin, we fell away from God in the Garden of Eden. God promised a Savior, the seed of the woman. God promised that he'd come and through a, a work of sacrifice for us, he would lay his life down. We could be restored to God. The devil would have his head crushed. Hallelujah. Amen. And God would restore all things. <clears throat> well, one day, there's coming soon a day when those who've accepted Christ, those who are the children of God, even though the world says we're feeble and pitiful and, and we're just messing things up, and some people in high places in our country today say that if they got in office, the Christians are going to have to change the way they think. Let me tell you something. They're the ones that are going to be removed. Their thinking's the thinking that's going to be cast in 
into hell. Hallelujah. God said he would establish my thinking if I <coughs> commit my works unto him. Proverbs 16, 3. And my works are simply, Jesus said, to believe upon the one that God sent. Hallelujah. Believing on Jesus allows God to establish my thinking. And I need to let him establish my thinking because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Hallelujah. There's coming a day when all the stinking thinking is going to be removed and we're going to be the ones here. And when God reveals us as his children to the whole entirety of the world, I'm telling you what the Bible says, even the, the, the earth and all of creation that's been tilted and thrown off course because we became sinners, God gave the earth to men. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he gave to men. And when we, when we, when we moved ourselves out from under the dominion of God, we, lo we lost our dominion over the earth. And when we lost our dominion over the earth, the earth lost its, its, uh, proper and order, and orderful functioning process. Man, animals been to, begin to kill each other. Thorns begin to go on, grow on bushes. Things begin to die. Storms begin to take place. The tornadoes and the earthquakes today, my friend, and all the horrible things is the earth. All of those are signs that there's, listen, not, listen, all of those are signs that coming soon one day, God's going to manifest his children as who they are, the children of God. And when he does, the creation, the new creation is just going to be at rest. Hallelujah. Because that dominion God gave us in the beginning is going to be back because of his love for us, the giving of his son for us. Our faith in that, in that alone, allows us now to walk in that direction. Hallelujah. Victorious warriors for Christ. God bless you. Thank you for watching. Please publish these teachings. My Lord, the church needs to, not, they don't need to hear me. They need to hear what's being taught in God's word. They need to hear that the only object of faith God will honor is Christ and what he did at Calvary. Outside of that, grace is not there to be had. Can't be had. Grace can't be had. Can't, can't, can't experience grace if our faith is not in the cross. And I'm thankful today to be learning that. I know it presents a narrow message, but the way Jesus said is so narrow, there will be few that find it. And that, that don't mean they won't ever see it. It means most will never, ever accept it because they have a different way. And unfortunately, that's the way it is in the church today. We, we knew the way in, but we don't know the way through. And I pray God wake the church up today and reveal that to us more and more. Well, I'll see you Monday morning right here at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. But tomorrow, we have, th we have, including tomorrow, we have three more Fridays to teach the book of Jude. And we will be finishing the book of Jude at the, by, by the end of November, by the 29th of November. Then December, we won't be doing anything on Friday mornings, and then we will begin teaching First Timothy. I believe it's January the 3rd. So I want you to know I love you, and I'm going to keep on plowing ahead with this glorious gospel of this truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and I pray that you'd share it. I pray that you'd support 
this message. Support this ministry financially. Pray about it. I know God will encourage you to do so. You can do it easy, easily as texting on your phone, 903-231-5950 or donate on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. When you sow into good ground, the preaching of the cross, God will bless you because you're helping do that which he's doing. Hallelujah. God bless you. We love you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.